You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an S&T Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At S&T, it's just what we do. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And Matt, uh, one of the hot topics around the league right now, and we've talked around this uh, many times now, but what do you do with running back pay oh. in, the, in the league right now? Because it is, and I've said this for years, if you're not a first-round pick as a running back, you're getting screwed. You are. I mean, there's no way around it. I just don't see it's getting any better. I mean, it's even the first-rounders. Well, there's a couple things working against them. Is their shelf life isn't as long as other positions. So unfortunately, if the CBA were structured that everyone's contract came up after their second season in the league, I think you'd see a lot of running backs get paid going into year three. Hit, you know, Saquon tears it up for two years, goes on the open market. He's 25, 24. I think people would pay him. But that's not how it is. So we know most backs don't last more than five or six years as a number one. And that's when you're already on hole 14 out of 18 already. So that kills them. The other thing that obviously kills them is just, I mean, it's it's supply and demand, of course. There's just a lot more human beings walking the planet that can play running back than can play left tackle. You know, walk around the mall, walk around downtown Pittsburgh, go to a pirate game. You'll see two or three people that might look like a running back. You're not going to see anybody that looks like DeForest Buckner or Cam Hayward. Here's the thing, though. Every high school, I get, and here's the thing. Every high yeah. school, and, and you know this is somebody who used to do college recruiting, mm-hmm. the best athlete at every high school is the running back in most cases. Maybe it's the quarterback and he's a running say, quarterback. Yeah. But, you, but you take your best athlete on any a peewee, peewee team all the way up through high school and you say, you're our running back. We want you to touch the ball every every play, and it's an honor. You want it, to. I mean, as a fifteen, and it's player, an honor. You're right. I want to be the guy that gets the ball. It's the glory. I get the cheerleaders. Blah blah blah. And then they go to college, mm-hmm. and your top your top athletes continue to they stay at running back. And you you, you, far, yeah. you recruit seven of them a year, and you say, okay, these two are going to stick at running back. We're going to turn that one into a linebacker. Maybe that one turns into a wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera. And then we get to the NFL, and you're like, okay, all those other guys are going to get paid more money than that guy. Right. Who who gets the crap beat out of them, to be honest with you. You know, like, so it's funny because I didn't, honestly didn't know you and I were going to have this conversation. But I had this exact conversation like an hour ago on my Peacock and Williamson podcast. And my co-host, Peacock, who's a Niners guy, said, in reality, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey really aren't any different. They could almost do the other one's job. But the guy that touches the ball less of the two, Debo, makes more money. Worth more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what doesn't compute here? So it led us down another conversation, too. I'm like, all these running backs are trying to band together and get paid. And and I, I get that. Good for them. I mean, maybe they can help each other's cause a little bit and awareness will help. But I don't think the owners are going to care one bit. 
But if you could decipher yourself, and maybe a McCaffrey can, and which is what Lev Bell tried to do. You know, Lev Bell says, I'm your best runner, and I'm your second best pass catcher behind Antonio Brown. Okay, but I can still find 75% of you at 50% of the clock. And here's the thing about that whole situation, yeah. and, and Bell has come out and since apologized in the last couple of weeks. The Steelers were offering him good money. Good money, right, right, right. And they paid him on the franchise tag good money. Right. Well, he, like just he, was, he was talking about resetting the market. That contract would have, wasn't going to reset the market. But it would have been was, top of the market. But it would have been top of the market. Right. I can't stress enough what a bad business decision he made. Yeah, I mean, you only get five or six good years as a running back, and you took zero dollars for one year to throw one of those years away. But I will say, to his credit, and I'm sure Jacobs and Barkley are trying to do that now too, maybe we could be trendsetters for future running backs if we take a hit this year to prove a point. But it's you're not going to win. You really the only, the only trend that he set was putting it in the in the public eye that these guys can can hold out for an entire season. They don't have to sign the franchise tag because now you have Saquon Barkley talking about not per, perhaps skipping a few games and and like hey I can I can miss ten game or nine games come back and still get my year of, uh, of accrued uh you know and and then be a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, but you'll leave six million on the table doing it. I mean, like talk is cheap, and but, but he doesn't beat his body. He doesn't beat his body up. He play, but he goes out and plays the last seven games of the season or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and he, so he gets paid for those seven games, and then he becomes a free agent. I know. I mean, that's not the worst strategy in the world, as opposed to sitting out because you sit out like Bell did. Your stock drops. You're like, I'm not going to give you as much. This is everybody that. thought Bell was coming in that year at some point. Right, 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 right. And had he done that, it would have been a it would have been a more prudent. Like he was going to make it. What I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I think it was like eight hundred thousand dollars a game. Yeah, okay, that's similar to Barkley money. You know. So if he, he comes back in week nine and, and makes that over the no, I mean, he didn't make as much. He left money on the table. But he still made, you know, five point six or whatever it is, or six, you know, six million dollars that year. Okay, Maybe that's where the mistake was made because then he at least puts recent tape out there for all the free agent suitors. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you come in hopefully in shape, and you know, I'm sure there's a weird dynamic in the locker room. You know, the Giants are like, we would have won two weeks ago if you'd have been here, but you're not, and but they're also business partners as well as friends and teammates, and understand. Hey, Saquon, I know this is a business first. I get it, you know, but. Yeah, having been through that situation and talked to players both on and off the record about it. Yeah. They understood. I'm sure. Where where Bell was coming from. You know, they they got it. They wanted him to come in. Where they, where he lost the guys in the locker room. They were in his corner until he reached the deadline and then didn't show up. Because he kept telling. Labor Day or whatever, right? Yeah, he kept telling guys, "Look, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there," and then didn't show up. And yeah, that's yeah. that's where that's where you know guys got angry with him because they liked him. Le'Veon was a good teammate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they saw the beating that he took. They saw like, he, look, this guy goes out there and takes the ball 25 times every game, and has immense value to our football team. Absolutely, there was nobody. There was nobody in that locker room that didn't like Le'Veon mm-hmm. until they felt like he lied to him. But it, Bell aside, Barkley aside, 
if the initial question is, will running backs get what they deserve? No, the answer is no. Well, here's what I would like to see happen. I, I think there should be, I, I, I don't know, I, the whole separate salary cap thing I don't think works. I don't know how it conceivably Because you, you've heard that talked about with quarterbacks. Like right, quarterbacks right. should not be should not count against a salary cap. I don't know how you do that because then you could pay your quarterback whatever you wanted to pay him. Right. Then there's no advantage to having a picket or a you know a, a, a you know young quarterback. Here's here's and this is something I'd like to see across the league, maybe regardless of position. Instead of having rookies sign four and five year deals, mm-hmm. make every make your first round picks three three year deals. Make your rookie your, your, everybody else gets a two year deal. That's kind of what I was saying before. If a back came up after two years, I'd be much more willing to pay him twenty percent more than if he. More I'm than saying him. this is this is across across the league, every position. Right. Now, ownership probably won't like that as much because they're going to have to pay guys sooner. You don't get the cheap labor quite as long. Um, but and then I, draft I, and develop goes out the door too, though. Draft and develop does go out the door a little bit. And it's also the same argument that you have when guys talk about guaranteed money. They want to see football contracts guaranteed. Well, the only way you're going to guarantee, fully guarantee contracts in the NFL is if you go with shorter terms. That's no, a fact. That's nobody's a fact. going – I mean, unless you're in Cleveland, nobody wants to guarantee a four-year contract in the NFL. Right, and that's to a starting quarterback, let alone a, you know, Kareem – they're not doing that for Kareem Hunt. Or but if, you, if it was a two-year deal, let's say it's a two-year $18 million deal. Okay, we could guarantee that, right? Because the thing, but I can't guarantee four. Four years is an eternity in the NFL, right? That, that's what people don't think about about guaranteed money. When they signed Lamar, he's making the team either way. You know, like he's not in danger of getting cut and not getting his money. He's not a borderline roster dude. You're not even <laughs> guaranteed money to your fifth outfielder. You know what I but mean? But there are a lot of border. That's the problem with that the NFLPA has. Because you've got 53 guys in a locker room. Mm-hmm. Ten of them are absolutely guaranteed to make the team, no matter what happens. No matter what happens. Maybe more than that. Maybe it's 20. Sure. We can Every, probably go with 25 Steelers. Yeah. Everybody else on the roster is year to year. Year to year, yeah. And I mean, sometimes sometimes game to game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or injury to injury. Or, you know, obviously somebody could draft – we didn't believe that that linebacker would be there in the second round. Boy, I'm the yeah. starting linebacker. I thought I was. I had a good year. I thought I was. I mean, safe. put know, it this way: bad. so Cam Hayward and Isaiah Loudermilk are in the same union, but they're exactly. not the same. They're not the same. Ben and Duck were in the same union, right? Not not <laughs> even close to being like one guy is barely hanging on for his his his, his life, and the other guy he's making the roster no matter what happens, right? And the dudes that have been there for a million years, the Bens and Elways, et cetera. Are going to carry more weight in the union too, because the other guys is happy to be there. Yeah, so you're—I mean, you know—when they talk about well, the the players, they did they, they they could have struck, uh, but they you know they 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 voted to not you know go on strike or what have you, because half of the league it's not in their best interest to go on strike. Jalen Warren's a really good player, but he can't afford to strike. I got I got this many I got four years or five years to make good money in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to vote to go on strike and give away one of those years. Ever. And have a whole new rookie class come in the next year. Like, no. We'll find people just like me, and they'll forget about me in a heartbeat. And, yes, am I underpaid? 
possibly that these to my teammates and cohorts in the league have a, a a good reason to strike fine, but I don't, I, I mean, I just don't have the money. I need to make what I can now because my other earning options aren't available. I can't yeah. just, I'll just do endorsements for the year, you know, like, no, that's $600,000 rookie, you know, uh, minimum wage is going to look good in my bank account. Whereas nothing doesn't look good at all. Or, or what I would make, as right. a you know, as a CPA or whatever my whatever I trained to do in in, in college, right? You can make that. I mean, you could go back to. I mean, there's many many smart dudes. I'm not saying they all have to be gym teachers and football coaches, or you know, label you know, just do manual labor. But they've never done anything else either. You know, it's not like right. you can walk into a law firm and be like, "Hey, I want to be your top lawyer for a million bucks a year." Because I was oh, and by the way, I, I can only do it for six months because. I may be leaving three weeks from now because when the strike ends, I'm going to go back to that job. Yeah. Right. Right. I, oh, and, go- I, and I have to, I have to get up. I, I can't be here until, until 10 AM because I have to get up every morning and train for four hours before I come to work. They call they call. <laughs> right. I mean, you're not very marketable to anybody else. You know, like this is what you do. You've dedicated a bazillion hours to become the best professional player you can. And now you have to pay. I, I I still don't see, I mean, back to the original conversation, I think running backs were screwed for a while. And frankly, tight ends were screwed for a while. I mean, like Jimmy Graham had that argument of, I'm getting paid tight end money, and I am 100% a wide receiver. I haven't lined up in line in three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't do yeah. tight end things. Tight ends are starting to get a little bit more. But if Kelsey was a wide receiver, he'd be making $40 million a year. I think he makes like 18 or something. Yeah, I, I just look at, I mean, the running back position to me, that's why I completely understood Le'Veon Bell's argument. Yeah. Like, people say these millionaire football players. He didn't make a million dollars until, like, his fourth year in the league. Meanwhile, right, right, right. in years two and three, he's the best running back in the league. Maybe the best league. offensive weapon in the league. Like, imagine what he would have got paid after year three. He'd have made a fortune. Absolutely. Right, right, right. And he still, like you said, this starts to show, he he was offered a big contract. It was a market value, big contract for a running back. The problem is the asterisk is for a running back. For a running back. I can't double the highest paid running back salary next year and give it to Barkley. I mean, even you can't give it to Jim Brown. You know, I mean, uh, so I think the only way that position can get better compensated is kind of like bell and McCaffrey and these dudes, they have to prove that the skill set I have, not everyone out there can at least replicate, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, sometimes I think, I think the way that you have to look at it, Matt, is people talk about, well, you can find running backs anywhere. Yeah. You can find running backs anywhere, but Mm -hmm. does it, but does it take three or four running backs to replicate what that one guy does? Right. The the big thing the running backs have going against them was there is more of that position than others. There's more body types out there that like that than others. But because it's such a violent position, they get hurt a lot and they don't last as long. You know, if you knew that you were getting, I don't know, Najee Harris, if he could play like this for 10 years, that would be remarkable in today's NFL. That's what made Jerome Bettis so good. Right, people, right. People, or Frank Gore or someone like that. People say, well, they're just accumulators. Yeah, to be able to play that position for a long time and be productive, I mean, that that has value. 
to, when people talk about Najee Harris being, uh, well, he wasn't worth the 24th pick in the draft. The dude hasn't missed a game in two years at that right, position. Right. That means something. Look, if, yeah, the, it's nice that the 49ers do this or the Dolphins do that, but they're running a different guy out there every week. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, and, that oh, you know, that's, that might, that's all well and good. And, and the running of the ball, that might not change. But player A doesn't pass protect like player B. It doesn't run it in player and player C doesn't run his pass patterns like player A. It's all di- they're different players. And analytics are wonderful. Analysis and team building is all it's my favorite things. But Lev Bell's a perfect example. And we used to say this all the time. Coaches don't see it that way. When it's raining in Cincinnati and you're trying to hold on to a three point lead in late November. Who am I going to put out there, Lev Bell or replacement level running back to pass protect for Ben Roethlisberger or, or catch passes? Yeah. For, you know, well, it's, just a, it's kind of the same argument I see when people when people talk about Jalen Warren, and I love Jalen Warren. I feel like we discovered Jalen Warren, Matt. <laughs> we were talking about Jalen Warren long before anybody else was talking about Jalen Warren. Side note: I can't wait for a week from now when we see the next Jalen Warren. Right, no one's talking about including us yet, but when we see him live, like, ooh, that linebacker can play. Or, you know, but whatever. here's here's the difference between when a third down back runs the football and when a when your when your uh, your bell cow back runs the ball. You taught you wrote about and we talked about how the Steelers saw more seven and eight man boxes or eight and nine man boxes than any other team in the league. Yeah. Nine, ten, nine out of those ten carries went to Najee Harris. When, sure, Jalen, right, right. when Jalen Warren's in there on third down and he gets a ball on, on third and five on a draw, it's a completely different box. It's the same. Comparing yards per carry between those two isn't fair. It's not fair. It's the same argument. You know, I can remember when Bill Cowher decided he wanted to try Richard Huntley as his main back because Richard Huntley had great success as the third down back the year before. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you used to get over, should get more, you know. Yeah, he averaged over five yards of carry. Well, yeah, they were all third down carry. So their third down draws and things of that nature, where it's third and 14, and the defense is more than happy to, to allow that 10-yard run. And they're playing dime. And they're playing dime. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you're The guy who goes in there and, and takes the ball and gets me positive yardage every time against an eight- or nine-man box, and he's falling forward, that has value. Right. And Greg Cosell talks about this a lot, too, is just the the workhorse mentality and what it means to a team. Like, frankly, with all respect to Emmett Smith, who has the most rushing yards ever, ever, ever. That's awesome. He's clearly a Hall of Famer. I would rather play against Emmett Smith than Barry Sanders or Walter Payton or some other guys that don't have as many rushing yards. Or Jim Brown or O.J. Sure. I mean, yeah, maybe I mean... Marshall Falk or LT or, you know, McCaffrey even, you know, but... Emmett was always there. You know, the shoulders hang, his arm doesn't work, and he's carrying the ball in playoff games, in weather, in sealing games. And Steeler fans know this better than anyone. The value of Franco in the 70s or Bettis when you're winning games in weather, and I'm just going to lean on that guy. Defenses hate it, you know, and the and it inspires the team and – you know, just keep giving me the ball. We know you're hurting. You've been in 20 car accidents today already. Yeah. And you're you're stepping up front of the line for number 21. I mean, I can remember standing behind Jerome at his locker. He's sitting on his, on the bench 
and he's he's struggling to get his shirt on, and I'm looking at his back, and it's just covered in welts. It looks like right, just it bruise after bruise. It looks yeah. like somebody just took a baseball bat and beat him with it about fifteen times. And he may have rather had that. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> anyone that's been on the field for a game understands the violence of it. Even if you're in the second row of the stadium, you don't understand the violence of it. And then to to come back and do that again the next week, and the next week, and the next yeah. week, and the next year, and the next yeah. year. You know, right, right. There's value the in that. There's value in that, and that's just not something that you can get from just putting any back out there. No, and I know this is a nausea conversation, but it just so happens that the article I wrote this week was about the Steeler running game, and I complained to no end, you know, they need to get more explosive. They need to get more explosive. But the thing about it, and this is a very much a nausea trait, because we had this conversation earlier in the week, and I decided to look it up, and I found all the information not only do they face eight-man boxes at a very, very high rate, they're like the best team in the league against them. And you mentioned this, I and mean, that's what made me dig into it. They're at the very, very top of the league of rushing attempts that go for more than one yard. And what I mean by that is you don't take a negative. Their, their negative runs are at the best in the league. A negative runs like a sack, you know, like, Right. Yeah, they're not breaking off 50 yarders, but they're never in second and 12 when yes. they run the ball on first down. You know second, I mean? second and 11 or second and 12 or even second and 10 is so much different than second and eight or right. second and seven. Right, right, right. I mean, you're on schedule still. I mean, their runs keep them on schedule and they pay off as the game goes on. And let's just say your quarterback improves. You're doing the same thing, but teams are less likely to put that eighth guy in the box. Well, right. the, right. the five yarder is going to turn into a twelve yarder. You know, absolutely, what I mean? absolutely. Yeah. Next year, I'm talking about. Yeah, but just an interesting topic there. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot as the as this running back stuff has happened here, and you know, I, I still think there's a place for running backs. I think there's a place for bell cow running backs in the NFL and the teams that value them. You know, as, as much as everybody talks about the 49ers, well, they just take they just take backs and just plug them in, and, and what, they're the team that made the trade for Christian McCaffrey last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I mean, value running backs. They've paid guys in the past. That's what I was going to say. They paid Jarek McKinnon way more than he was worth. They, I mean, not all these guys worked out. They traded up for Joe Williams. They traded up for who's the dude with three names that came out of LSU that hasn't done anything. You know, like the, uh, on draft day. They go. They value running backs a lot. They've just actually not hit on them very well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with the Fantasy Football Focus right after this. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there. Friendly S&T Banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At ST Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. <laughs> 